In the beginning, there was only the word. And now, when everything else seems to be going wrong, one man comes to you. Playing records, talking about shit. This is the Daily Freakout. Coming to you, recorded semi-live by the seat of my comfy tracky pants from studio number one in the spare room at my place. What is going on, people? How are you today? I hope, I really hope you're doing well, because I've woken up with a slight headache. Just a slight one, nothing to get excited about, nothing to get worried about. No concerns, don't worry folks, I'll be okay. I know you're concerned. But I had a... A good afternoon nap yesterday, three hours, which is pretty much asleep, which meant that I was up until about midnight. I, did, I made some mistakes, I really did. I should have had some sleepy tea. Uh, obviously, if I had some weed, I would have had a smoke, and that would have made it much better. But, unfortunately, I didn't. But yesterday, things came in the mail, and so now... We can listen to some Spiderbait 45s. is Spiderbait with the track Jesus from a 45 single that they released just recently. The crazy thing is, or not crazy, but the interesting thing is that these were apparently only available via going to the show and getting a copy at the show. That's what I was told originally when I saw it. But this one arrived completely packaged, completely new, and smelling fantastic as all new records do. That rhymed. And I don't know how the person necessarily got 
their hands on that those records. But I do not care because I'm a bit of a Spiderbait fan. Given that they were my they were my first punk band, I went through a big Beatles stage, and all of a sudden I discovered this band, and so I was really excited to to hear these. And I'm looking forward. One of the singles on here I've actually already got as a seven inch because it was released on a GoGo Records way back in the day. Rest in peace, a GoGo. And um, I'm going to be interested to see if it's any different because this is now all owned by Universal. Um, and every time, every song I listen to on these from these, for some reason I expect to hear Old Man Sam. If you know what that song is, come up next. Um, I might play Old Man Sam later because I'm definitely going to be playing them. Now, another record I got is in its case, so you're going to have to bear with me in the background when you hear noises like this. It's still in the plastic, uh, which is a shame. Should, I shouldn't have done that. The unfortunate thing about the world that we live in, folks, although some would say it's what makes the world that we live in that more interesting and gives everything meaning, but the sad thing is that everybody dies at some point. Everyone comes to an end, and it's only through celebrating those lives that we can truly, I wouldn't say appreciate, but we can truly enjoy our current existence. One such person who has unfortunately moved on is the wonderful actor Jerry Stiller. Here's, uh, here's a short clip of Jerry at his best when he was on Seinfeld. All right, wait a minute. I think you've got it backwards. My George isn't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this. You got that right. <laughs> the hell does that mean? <laughs> saying you want a piece of me <laughs> this is actually not the clip i wanted to play folks i'm really sorry let me just uh there we go we got rid of that uh that wasn't the clip i originally wanted to play what i wanted to play yeah well i can't find it of course now how typical is that let's listen to a song but that was um jerry stiller he played george's dad and he went on to do many other things and he did many things before Seinfeld, but his performance in Seinfeld was just mind-bogglingly good. Mind-boggling. You couldn't... You truly couldn't ask for a better foil to these other, these other characters of um, the main cast because he was always so adversary, but at never point... No point was he ever threatening. And even though he'd hit George on the head and stuff like that, and he was the cause for George's weirdness and stuff like that as a, a potentially a bad parent, you could say, he didn't... You, you wanted him as your parent because he was still fun and funny, especially with his work with um, Estelle Getty playing George's mum. He will be remembered quite fondly by a lot of people. And I will find the clip that I originally wanted which was more of a um how i say it a um a best of and i will play it for you and we will all laugh he he was the he was the guy that made serenity now such a catchphrase 
and yeah, it's quite it's quite weird to to think that he's now gone. And plus, he was Ben Stiller's dad, which is kind of interesting. Quite a an amazing a, a high level of performance quality from a from that family. This is Black Cab. This is off the album Altamont Diary. I'll have a chat about it when I get back. So this album, Altamont Diary, is based roughly and inspired by the legendary Altamont Speedway concert that the Rolling Stones threw, where they hired some Hells Angels to be security and the Hells Angels beat a man to death in the audience in front of Mick. Um, and a lot of people claim it to be the end of the 60s, that it was the absolute lowest point and it was just the end. Cause it was in 69, I believe. Um, and as a Beatles, a better than Rolling Stones person, I yeah, not a fan. Of, not not a huge fan of the Stones. Always felt they're a little tryhardy and stuff. And I think this is another one where Mick's. On, you, I think you've, there's footage of Mick on stage going, "Everybody, just calm down." Like it was just 
And it's just this weird thing of they paid Hell's Angels in beer and it was at this speedway which was all rubber and fuel and concrete and very, very weird place to have a concert, but they were trying to... Because they don't have an original idea in their body, they were trying to rip off or try and do their version of Woodstock because they weren't at Woodstock and they were desperately trying to catch on to the... or keep hold of the 60s. <laughs> I'm being I'm being extra harsh for comic value there, but... Um, but to a certain degree, I'm right. Um, it's a very good album. I remember getting it back in the day. I heard the... They did a cover of the great... I was in my Grateful Dead stage and they did a cover... They do a cover of um, New Speedway Boogie, which is the rolling... Oh, which is the Grateful Dead's song about the Altamont concert. And... I heard that song, a cover, probably on the radio somewhere, and I thought to myself, wow, that's that was pretty cool. So I bought the CD, and it was the first music of this variety that was really laid back and, and cruisy uh, that I really enjoyed. And I saw them live a couple of times and really, really enjoyed them. Um, they did a great thing. And I've gotten another one of their albums, which I have never heard. I have not listened to any of this album, and it is still, as you can hear, in the plastic. So I will play that one soon. And we can um, we can enjoy that. But what I want you to listen to right now, whilst I open up the freaking phone, is this best of. I didn't take the subway all the way to New York to sit at a table like that. You ever seen a silver dollar? Yes, I've seen a silver dollar. Is that what you want me to do? Would you believe when I was 18, I had a silver dollar collection? <laughs> Doctor gave me a relaxation cassette. When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! Are you supposed to yell it? The man on the tape wasn't specific. Let me understand. You got the hen, the chicken, and the rooster. The rooster goes with the chicken. So who's having sex with the hen? <laughs> Time. But you see my point here? You only hear of a hen, a rooster, and a chicken. It looks ridiculous in that thing. You have no eye for fashion. I have no eye for fashion. Until you pin me, George. Festivus is not over. Please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! Jerry Stiller there. Absolute classic moments from Seinfeld. If you haven't seen Seinfeld and you haven't seen classic Jerry Stiller moments, then you really should. Um, I saw somebody suggest that Jerry Stiller was better in King of Queens, which, I don't know, maybe, but come on. He's George's As Mr. Costanza in in Seinfeld, you just, it doesn't get very much, very much better than that. That's some bad English for you right there. Uh, but life goes on and we celebrate these people who have passed and given us enjoyment and laughter and because of the wonder that is the internet and the way that humanity is holding on to everything these days um he's going to give people laughter and enjoyment for many many years to come and people are going to be able to laugh at his work just forever it's going to be absolutely fantastic <sighs> you can't if anyone ever does go back and listen to this show like that, like I just said, like with um, how you would listen to 
Jerry Stiller's work, they're going to think that this time of our lives was completely and utterly taken over by coronavirus. Because at the moment, there is almost nothing in the news and in pop culture and life that isn't coronavirus related. People are doing at-home things. For instance, um, John Krasinski's, uh, who played Jim in the American version of The Office, has been doing a little straight-to-the-camera te- news show, highly edited, by the way, not live and off the seat of his pants like this one. And it's all about good news. Now, I actually, I watched it some of it yesterday because there was an office reunion type thing happening. And I'll be honest with you, it was actually so cheesily happy that I didn't like it and I had to turn it off. It was just too cheesy. And they'd edited it so that there was no... It was all just too clean and crystal and all that kind of stuff. But the cool kind of thing was that this couple hadn't been able to have a wedding or something. So somehow Krasinski got behind the scenes and got all of their family to be on a device streaming for this wedding. He went and got himself ordained at the Life Church, which just as a little pass there, I also am ordained at the Life Church. I have not performed any ceremonies yet, but if you would like to get married in these times of quarantine, I am more than happy to ruin your life by marrying you off to someone. <laughs> and, no, trust me, I could do a, a good... I did a good best band speech. Come on, I told you that. And he got all of the family, which was pretty cool. Then he got a number of... a handful of the cast members of the office to do little dance moves and stuff on camera, like at Jim and Pam's wedding, where they walked down the aisle and stuff. And as I said... I felt it was almost sugary, sweet, sickening. Like, you know how Katy Perry is over-the-top sugary sweet with a lot of her things? That was her gimmick at one point. Well, that's what it felt like to me. And it just didn't do it for me, unfortunately, so I had to turn it off. But that's what's happening. That's the that's the world that we've got going on. And I've done it again. I've moved myself all the way. I've got to have talking points from now on. I've really got to improve this. Why would anyone listen to this shit? And we live in a world where it's all coronavirus. It's just coronavirus, coronavirus. So we're at the verge where, where are we going to have TV? Like where TV shows and stuff are going to be, where, what are they going to be in the future? Because with all this streaming and live, live chats and Twitter rewatches and all, or Instagram rewatches and all these kind of things, what do we need normal classic TV for. I don't, I'm not sure we do. And I like the idea that something like this little show could potentially have a good enough audience to keep it going for a long time. And it would be kind of cool to have... And I'm not talking about just me and my kind of show, but all t- types of show. For instance, there's a young lady. She's older than me, but I'm going to call her a young lady anyway, called Bridget Fettersy. And I heard her on Rogan... First, oh, Rogan's a great example of it as well. Rogan could continue for a very long time as long as he and Jamie are together and they've got the ability to broadcast and record and put it out, then that show could continue forever. But Bridget Fettersy is doing the same kind of thing where she does a much more edited, um, intelligent and flowing version of what I do. 
um, I play records in between, but she's got edits and stuff. I like the idea of just trying to record this live like a radio show. One day I'd like to start streaming it as well. Uh, and it's super interesting to see where we're going to go in the future. And one thing that people are doing is re-watching TV, which is fair enough. I, I've re-watched a couple of shows, but not many. Um, and so Variety have got a best TV shows that you can now watch. And it's funny because the three here on the picture I've already watched, Seinfeld, Game of Thrones, and The Sopranos. Um, if you haven't watched The Sopranos, you really probably should. It's, it is a pretty damn good show. Although what I don't like about it is that it's that classic American style of TV where it's not one big long story building to something. It is just the everyday ongoing thing. So the story arcs aren't that detailed, but the individual stories are. But in itself, that's not a bad thing because that's how life is. So it's not necessarily a bad, bad thing, but it's a, a thing. Um, Veep. Oh, my God. Speaking of Seinfeld, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is possibly the greatest comedic actor of all time. Female, male, I don't give a rat's ass. This lady is an absolute fucking legend. And Selena Meyer of Veep is possibly the, as it says here, possibly the role of her career. So you should check out Veep if you get a chance. Um, yeah, Friday Night Lights I'm not going to bother with. Sex in the City I'm not going to bother with. Look, you know what? You should watch Game of Thrones because up until about the, up until the last season, it's really good. Up until about season five, it's fucking amazing. But six and seven, meh. Eight, shithouse. But, oh my God, you should watch Game of Thrones. If you haven't, that's just, yeah, silly. Um, there's a few others here. Breaking Bad, Seinfeld, of course, The West Wing, the Cheers, um, things like that. Some great old TV that you should watch. I'm going to retweet that now. Lost is on there. Lost is another one where it just died in the ass at the end. But that was because they weren't looking for a big storyline. They were taking it as they went a long time. There's a lot of TV shows to watch here, some of which I, I'm i probably... I'm never going to get round to. There's just too much to watch sometimes, isn't there? Even when you've got all day sitting inside doing very little. Although, I'm not like that. I've got stuff to do. I've got this show for you people. I've got to earn money so I can go buy records so that I can play new music for you instead of playing the same stuff over and over again. This is Funkadelic. <laughs> With Hit It and Quit It.
Funkadelic with Hit It and Quit It Ugh. off the album Maggot Brain. That is a must listen to if you don't, <clears throat> or if you haven't already. They say um, those with some TV shows that you should watch. This is a record you should listen to, even if you don't listen to it via vinyl. Like me, it does sound very good on the internet and the streaming and all that kind of stuff. Although... Talking of streaming, I was reminded, or, sh or it was on a, a tweet just recently. Let me see if I can quickly find the tweet. Uh, from a musician called Dan Lassac in the UK. And he goes on quite a lot about the ridiculousness of streaming services. And when I say ridiculousness, I mean the... The fact that they're not entirely fair or um yeah i'm not gonna be able to find this tweet and it's gonna ruin my talking to you anyway he tweeted saying no matter what service you listen to no matter what um you actually play some of your money when you give money to them, whether it's via advertising, because technically you're giving them money by ad listening to their advertising, or you pay for it, like I do with um, Apple Music, which I'm not entirely convinced. Like, that's one thing that's a luxury in the in the budget these days, for sure. Um, part of your money goes to the big stars, no matter what. Even if you never listen to Taylor Swift, unfortunately, Taylor Swift gets some of your money. And I'm sure you don't like that. I don't like that. It doesn't seem right. It's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of trying to... Yeah, trying to buy physical copies. Now, the, really, the interesting thing that it reminds me of with this kind of stuff is that you've always heard in music 
that the artist was always ripped off by the um the record companies and so the new record companies are streaming services and even if they're title and they're owned by jay-z they're still the record company and they're still making money and so part of me just wonders that in this new coming world that we're living in maybe musicians need to just do it themselves they need to be they either need to accept the fact that there's a good chance they're going to get ripped off or they need to move forward and do everything themselves because it's so easy these days to make a vinyl record i know that sounds absurd but it is you i've looked into it for a grand you can get a, you can make a hundred of them now that's just the physical pressing of the actual individual record sure but if you build up an audience with free music and free content you then get them to pay and they buy a record or they buy merch or they pay to come to a gig or things like that that's just my theory anyway if you've got a theory send it to me bobbyfreakout at gmail.com i should you know what i think i'm actually going to start a competition and the competition is going to be the first person to actually email me something <laughs> Because at the moment, at the moment, the average, I don't know if this is of interest to anyone, but I like the behind the scenes aspect of it, of podcasting and, and music and stuff. And I said to the other day, podcasts are the new garage band. Back in the day, everyone picked up an instrument and tried to have a garage band. And some of them never did anything. Some of them played gigs. Some of them made records. Some of them went on and became huge and famous. Podcasting is exactly the same, in my opinion. Everybody has had a podcast or knows someone that's done a podcast or does podcasts. Every And there's always those jokes about white guys, what do you call a group of white guys in a dorm or something, a, a podcast, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's always, it's fun to listen to those obscure podcasts, but, oh my God, fuck. I can't believe I've, my brain just died again. I can't concentrate at all lately. This is this is actually genuinely something that's been happening to me. I've we're now in what May. I wanted to read so much this year. I really wanted to read like books, <laughs> as opposed to traffic signs. But I really wanted to read this year. I have not read a. I've read half a comic, a Batman trade paperback, half a comic, not a thin little one, a six issue one. So I've read three comics. That's it this year. And a page of Lord of the Rings. I cannot concentrate for the life of me. I can't even watch a TV, sh a movie. If I get into bed and watch a TV show or a movie, I'm doing other things. Speaking of which, how's this for a segue? The Last Dance with Michael Jordan has been on Netflix here in Australia. It's on um, NBC, I think, in the United States and other places. And it's fantastic. It's keeping my net... It's the reason I'm keeping my Netflix subscription at the moment. You know, if you're even slightly interested in sports documentaries, you should check this one out because this is a high watermark of sports documentaries. This is fantastic. Here's a little snippet from um, one of the episodes that was released uh, just last night here in Australia. It took a toll on my... It took a toll and then <laughs> resting him a little bit and then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but... It, it, it was a difference <laughs> and, and beating him down a little bit. So 
Michael Jordan reacting to the words of Gary Payton, one of his competitors during from I can't remember the exact details of that, but it's become it's going to become a, or it has already become this huge meme where people are just like using it as a laughing thing, which is funny because it's up there with crying Jordan, which was a meme for a long time. Um, but it's fantastic this documentary. It shows the fact that Michael Jordan was an incredibly detailed person. He wasn't one-dimensional in any way, shape, or form. He was an asshole. He was a motivator. He was a leader. He was a legend. He was a nice guy. Like, he did good things as well as did... Like, he'd stop for kids and talk to kids and stuff. Um, He suffered... I never knew that the reason he went to baseball was partly because his dad died. Sorry, his dad was murdered. Um, In a story that just adds to the bullshit that um, black Americans have to deal with. But anyway, I didn't realise that that was the case. And a lot of people said that if he'd had longer... And there was a baseball strike that happened. And so his baseball career kind of got cut short in that regard. And that apparently some of the people that know more about baseball than certainly me were able... Said he could have been... uh, He could have hit the major leagues. He might not have been the greatest baseball player like he was the greatest basketball player, but he had the potential and the drive and the motivation to be a a major league baseball player, which is phenomenal because, as he himself pointed out, the two sports have very different requirements from your body. You have to do a lot of different things and you have to train your body to be strong in different parts so as to be good at the game. And... When he came back to basketball, he wasn't the same. But fantastic documentary. I really, really would recommend it to you if you uh, have a chance to watch it. Called The Last Dance. This is spider Bait.
this is a crazy, crazy world. So crazy. We've got... Here's a, a headline for you. How coronavirus certificates could make the disease a perverse privilege. Which means... If, if we're talking about certificates and, like, you've got to prove that you're immune and stuff like that, we really are living in a world where the future has cops walking around going, show me your papers. And the interesting thing is, I don't know what you could potentially do to change it or to do, go the other way. How, how can you protect people without doing things like that? Now, I'm not... I'm not a conspiracy theorist in the sense of fully believing all of them, but certain... What's that classic thing? Follow um, Those who don't study history are doomed to fail it. And another a recommendation for a podcast for you is Dan Carlin's Death Throes of the Republic. It's all about the end of the Roman Republic as they became an empire. And... The really super interesting thing about that is how slowly and and interestingly it changed from being a republic where people could talk about issues and all this kind of stuff. And then you'd have politicians who were also big businessmen who had massive armies who would come into the city and say, well, I'm in charge now. Everyone shut up. And how this, how the, the world for them changed you've got to see that it's potentially, not necessarily, but potentially the case in the world that we're living in now because we are giving up certain freedoms. But I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing that we could do because what's the other option? Unless you're a complete nihilist, which admittedly I, I do believe myself to be pretty much a complete nihilist, Unless you are willing to just say goodbye to everyone or anyone indiscriminately, except for the rich, because they've always got a way out of this shit, you you have to do something. And it's one of my pet peeves at the moment is that everyone's complaining, oh, the government are doing this and they're taking this freedom away and all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, what's the other option? I don't like seeing robots going through the streets of Tokyo, I believe it was, telling people to stay apart and checking temperatures. I don't like video technology that can identify humans and tell that they're not six feet apart whilst also taking video recognition or like facial recognition. I don't like the fact that my phone is constantly tracking me and giving away information about me to people. But I do... I do accept that in order for us to be somewhat safer, certain things need to be done. For instance, I watched just recently, I watched Endgame with, um, with uh, the, the, the Avengers and they talked about, and there was a quick little comment by, just a second, Doctor, there was a quick little comment by Tony about how he wanted a protective safety net around the world. And Captain America was like, no, you can't do that. That's just too overarching um, power, blah, blah, blah. And then when they had a big problem and people were invading, they needed it. And so 
what what do you do for instance another good example is i've got chickens out the back and i had my nap yesterday my three-hour nap and i woke up at six o'clock and it was dark and i was like shit i've done it again i've left the chickens out during the night time and i quickly went out there and luckily all five chickens were still there it was no problem but they have to get locked up like prisoners at night time and only I can let them out in order for them to be safe. Purely a safety measure. Because if they could just roam wild, I'd be, having, I'd be loving it. That'd be best option. If I could just wander down to the chicken field or the forest... Like, ideally, like, I, I don't know if I've talked about it much on here, but I've got this daydream about having an island, which is getting increasingly unlikely. And on that island, I'd love to have animals just roaming free. And then I would go and find where they'd laid their eggs and I'd take a couple of chicken eggs. Or when I wanted to kill a deer, I'd go hunting and shoot a deer from a distance and that kind of thing. I'd, I'd enter the food chain as very much a predator and scavenger like animals are. And that would be the ideal way for me to live. I would love that because that to me is the ethical, acceptable measure. And, but unfortunately, I live in a relatively suburbanish type area and I, I've got foxes around here and I found evidence of fox digging at the coop yesterday. Very disappointed to have seen that back that the foxes have known that they're there now, so I need to get onto that. But the, the the idea that we need to limit some of our our um, freedom, and it's a very American concept, the whole eliminating your freedom. But we're all incredibly influenced by America, and it's a good concept. It is a great concept, but true freedom is anarchy. True freedom is having practically no control over what's coming behind you and having to defend yourself. And in no way am I defending people who go out and shoot other people because they thought they were defending themselves. A lot of white Americans, black people. Um, but if someone comes on my property, I should be allowed to defend myself. And if someone comes to attack me, I should be able to defend myself. And so that's this really weird world that we live in where, where we, we all have our different views on, on it and where, we should, where it should stop and where it should start and what's acceptable, what's not, and all that kind of stuff. And I'd love to hear some more people actually have some solutions for this kind of stuff. Because it certainly doesn't seem like anyone's popping up any solutions at the moment. Everyone's just throwing down um, or putting down other people's su su um, suggestions. Um, but it looks it looks like for the immediate future, we really are going to have face masks and gloves and wear your papers and all this kind of shit for quite a while. And that's just crazy. Hopefully, hopefully one day... We will all be free and we won't have to sneak off into the wilderness in order to make love to our newly found partner. 1984 reference. I feel very intelligent when I know that I can reference 1984 because I've actually read it. Um, I shouldn't because it's just a book and lots of people have read it. 
but I still feel I still feel very intelligent. Let's think about freedom and let's think about cruising. Even though this song's a bit slow, I like the idea of driving down a freeway listening to this. This is Ween with Freedom of 76. I'm just going to scold the dogs for barking. Oi! Queen's Freedom of 76 from the album Chocolate and Cheese. This is just the bridge. Here comes Gene with a big solo vocal performance. Ready? Here it comes. That was actually more of the end of the song than the bridge. I thought it was the bridge. Shows what I know. Anyway. What are we going to do? Elon Musk is trying to get his working out of California. Why do people want to go back to work? I don't understand this. I really don't. And I think I'm probably not the only one. I think a whole heap of introverts out there are saying, oh my God, this life is fantastic. Quarantine life, stay home life is fantastic. Because if I could do, if I could actually make money off this podcast and, and earn something resembling a living, as well as doing some of my other stuff, that would be fantastic. Oh my God, how good would that be? Because I wouldn't have to leave the, the house and I could have interactions with some of you, the listeners, and we could really... It could be it could be the ultimate of staying at home yet still making enough money to stay at home. But of course, that's very unlikely based on the quality of this piece of shit. 
<laughs> oh god. I make myself laugh, that's one thing. I'm watching on the uh There's this there's this freaking sock ad. This is anyway, I sorry, that there's a sock ad for um Invisa socks and it just looks It just looks like one of those stupid ads. I don't know how anyone can believe these ads anymore. I think in the 80s or 90s it seemed legitimate. Oh god, it's got an elastic that keeps it on. It's this it's a it's a lower than ankle sock and it's got elastic to hold it on. Freaking genius. And then they tried to pretend that the car a car was pulling a guy along the a road because of the sock. Oh, sorry, not because of the sock, but held on by the sock. Anyway, sorry, I've just gotten on a real tangent just there. It's, um... <sighs> really, really interesting. Here's a, here's a tweet that's going to just have a quick little thought... Uh, a little thought experiment for you in the future. I can't quite explain why, but it really grosses me out when men refer to themselves as feminists. Please stop. It's, I don't like referring to myself as a feminist, but it's kind of funny because I always thought from the beginning anyway, the term feminist was about equality. And it was just because at the time, and still to this day, we live in a very male-orientated world, and so it was about getting the female side of things up and equal to the male side of things. So I I don't... That said, though, I don't like it when guys call themselves feminists. I think it's something from a male point of view, you kind of have to be given that title from someone else. You shouldn't describe yourself as feminist. You should... Someone else should do it. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Eli, speaking of Elon Musk, he te here's a tweet. Tesla, and this is from the 11th of May... Today here, it's the 12th, so it's my, yesterday my time, but probably just happened. Tesla is restarting production today against Alameda County rules. I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask it only be me. And the comment from somebody else posting this tweet is, he thinks he's Rosa Parks when he's just Space Karen. That is a good analogy of it. He literally, given that Elon Musk makes nothing essential... All of the products that Elon Musk makes are luxuries and should be regarded as such. Um, he doesn't really have a leg to stand on in this situation. And give uh, anyway, it's really weird. Again, I'm not. What What are the other options? Is he going to? Well, the, but this is where a universal income or some kind of thing comes in handy. If you've got millions of dollars in the bank, you don't need those millions of dollars. And I'm not against the 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 potential for you to earn a million or a billion, I think you... Or let's face it, earn is not quite the right word, but save, hold on to, acquire a billion or a million dollars. I've got nothing against that. I think, I think Jeff Bezos played the game and he got a lot of credits because money isn't the world. If the apocalypse does come and Jeff Bezos is sitting in his ivory tower, at some point, the hordes will attack that tower. He won't be able to defend himself. He'll run out of food and he'll be fucked. 
it's like a king sitting in a castle who can't go out and forage for food. At some point, you're fucked. And so Elon should be taking some of the money he's got, which apparently he, he, he claims he invested, he earned like a bunch and then just invested it all and then he still pays rent, which is absurd because he's bought houses. So he's obviously got some disposable income. He sh- why doesn't he say, well, I've got a fuck ton of money. I'm going to pay back or pay for my staff to continue living at their current wage and I'll take the hit because I've got the ability to take the hit. It's like a big, muscular, strong person standing there and taking a bunch of punches for their little friend because they they care about their friend and they can take a bunch of punches or a bunch of hits of any kind and then them and their friend are okay. Why Why don't these people with lots and lots of money take that hit for those without money? Because if you think about it, in the future, isn't that going to be the best kind of advertising? If, if Elon comes out after, had come out after this saying, I, I paid out of my pocket for all my staff to continue their, their work and their lives... I am such a great guy. Look at me. Come and buy a Tesla. Isn't that ad- great advertising? Um, going back to the last dance with uh, Michael Jordan, when he went and played basket- uh, baseball, it turns out that the owner of the Bulls was also the owner of the um, Chicago White Sox. And he said in his thing, he said, look, I just paid him the same that he was getting paid. I just kept his... I didn't change his pay because he earned me so much money that that pay was fine. He he earned it by earning me so much. So isn't that an and, and to me that was a great little moment where, as much as you you can be that kind of capitalist businessman that's just like I'm going to get every single last cent, or you can have a really good relationship with Michael Jordan when he goes and plays baseball, and then he comes back and wins three more championships with your other team and earns you even more money after that. Fantastic, um, an out or um, fantastic move in my opinion. There, this is uh, Black Cab with Altamont Diary, the album again. I'm, I'm gonna let some of this one play. This is Hey People. Hopefully, we're gonna get, we're actually gonna try and play two tracks here. We'll see what happens because New Speedway Boogie is the cover that I originally loved from this album. So we'll see how we go. This is sort of an intro-y bit. This is the trippy stuff that I really like on this album. I think this would make for a really good late night stoned on the couch album.
Here we go. This is the track New Speedway Boogie. It's a cover of a Grateful Dead song. If you don't know the Dead, you should really check them out because they're awesome too. And this is a fantastic cover. This has been the Daily Freakout. A very weird episode today, I feel. I feel like I may have forced it a little after my weird sleep, staying up late. Please let me know what you reckon. Was this a crap one? I don't know. <laughs> BobbyFreakout at gmail.com. Gavin ML at Twitter.
And on that note, this darkness got to give. This has been The Daily Freakout. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please let me know, bobbyfreakout at gmail.com. Seriously, first person to um, email me gets a record. I'll buy you a record. In East Africa, apparently, the uh, very ODB-style um, coronavirus hairstyle is becoming popular. So check that one out on the internet. Bye-bye. I can't believe I didn't um, edit out the fart yesterday. <laughs>